0: Hey, what's up, everybody? It's Ken J. of the Blacklight Podcast, and I want to thank everyone for listening to my first episode with Savant Furlough. I appreciate everyone who subscribed on iTunes, who followed the show on Facebook. But more importantly, I appreciate the feedback and the love I've gotten so far, and I couldn't really thank you enough. For those of you who sat through my first episode, I truly apologize for the show being so long but you know how it is. When you have something you want to share with the world, you just want to share it all. So again, thank you. Going forward, though, I aim to keep the shows around 30 minutes or so. People ask me, why did I start the show? Well, long story short, it's an expression of who I am. It's part therapy, part creative outlet, and really part of me letting people share who they are and share their story. I like a good story, you know, stories inspire me. And uh, I figured I can't be the only one out there that likes to hear good stories. So, you know, I figured I'd give somebody a shine, you know, hence the name Black Light. So that being said, this episode is with hip hop artist Merge Haas. Now, I've been a fan of Merges since way back in the day when I was trying to make a name for myself as a music producer. And I continue to be a fan of his to this day. He recently dropped a new mixtape called Me Myself in the City. So we sit down to talk about that and his upbringing in the shy. So without further ado, let's start the show.
1: failure. It's opportunity. Well, you have to have someone's drive in there as well. You have to put that in there. But, you know, if given opportunity, you know, things will turn out very differently for a lot of people. Please, Lord, we done lost our way. Life's a game, but it costs to play. These young boys want to floss all day. With no plan B or no option. Hey, Ay. hey, So, this is Ken J of the
0: Black Light Podcast. I'm sitting here with uh, one of the most gifted, I say that all the time. <laughs> I'm sitting here with really a truly talented brother and artist. That. Are you a, you consider yourself a Christian hip hop artist, or just hip hop artist? I'm just a, I'm just an artist that's Christian, man. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> I'm sitting here with a, a, a hip hop artist that happens to be Christian. Yeah. But the merge Haas, what's going on, bro?
2: Chilling, man. Chilling. Glad to be here with you, bro. Man,
0: can I go by your government name? Can sure, I call of course. You of
2: course. I don't know nobody. Nothing.
0: Jermaine Merge Haas Richardson. What's what does Merge Haas mean?
2: Man, Merge Haas, uh, basically came from uh, my nickname, which is germ, Okay. And I just I just flipped that, you know, just for the simple fact that that's me. And Haas means I obey and serve the Savior. Okay.
0: All right. So. Christian rapper, or yeah. just a rapper that just happens <laughs> to be Christian.
2: That's correct. Okay,
0: you know I, I hear some of that. I hear that in your music, man. Now you rap sh- Chicago real hard, of course. Okay, so you, have you lived in Chicago all your life? Uh, my whole life, yeah. Where West, uh, West Side? Side, yeah,
2: okay. man, West Side all day.
0: West Side, yeah. Round by where
2: um, Madison and Laramie, uh, Central and Lake. I mean, I, I moved around a little bit, but all kind of basically in the Austin community.
0: Okay, okay so tell me a little bit about your upbringing man
2: uh upbringing man i uh i i had a i don't wanna say a rough upbringing i was just uh i was exposed to a lot uh when i was younger my uh mom and dad divorced uh when i was about uh maybe eleven or twelve and uh i had one side of my family which was my my mom's side uh that basically dealt with the dealings of the street okay. so from pimping to drug dealing to to, to all that stuff man and then my my dad side uh was more so uh, church going uh good upbringing uh stable household so uh my upbringing just you know had a lot and you know as you know man growing up uh I don't necessarily want to say we were middle class but growing up man the flashy things are always you know what attracts you know attracts you mm-hmm. so i i leaned more to and hung out more with uh my mother's side of the family. And, uh, you know, I, I, I dabbled in, in, in a few things, um, but never too far. You know, I never sold drugs. Uh, I never uh, did anything as far as, you know, robbing or gangbanging banging anything like that.
0: Wait, so you raised on the West Side? Yeah. Had,
2: I say, pimps. Of course. I yeah. had
0: pimps in my family. Okay. Uh, I think rumor has it my dad was a pimp. Okay. Okay. I don't see none of my actions. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't get the girls <laughs> that I wanted. Yeah, but uh, but you say you had pimps and drug dealers and all that. Yeah. in your life, but you never touched none of that.
2: Never touch. I mean, you. Of course, you know I dab- uh, dibbled and dabbled in marijuana and stuff like that. But uh, other than that, man, as far as me being on the outside, uh, trying to live that lifestyle, uh, that's just nothing. That that's just something that. Uh, even at that time man uh, god, god wouldn't allow me to do it you okay know? so um you know we did that mom and dad split uh i instantly became um you know not necessarily the man of the house but the target of the house uh, and because i looked a lot like my dad uh, a lot of the anger that my mom had was kind of shifted towards me you know what i mean okay so, uh rather it was uh you know derogatory statements or you know, she was just uh, unhappy, you know, and uh, unfortunately a lot of people in that situation, it happens, you know, when, when, when parents split and uh, the other parent moves on, you know, and, uh, you know, my mom was uh, not happy with that, so I was the closest thing to him, you know, and uh, she just spewed it out that way. Took so. it out on you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so I, why, did,
0: why did they split up?
2: uh you know man honestly you mean i mean if if we can be honest bro my my mom um came from uh i don't know man it was not not the best upbringing, okay, so she only did what she saw mm, and so um and I know we'll probably get into it a little bit more later, but um, she really didn't know you know how to love, you know, so uh, him coming from the type of family he came from and her uh, naturally, uh, they clashed, right. you know, and because, uh, God or, or church or just anything of that nature was brought into the home. Uh, it was no way that they could really deal with that. So, you know,
0: so when they started out together, were they both, uh, quote, I mean, not quote, but like, were they in the streets or uh, no, no, my, was he in church and she was in the streets? Well, my, my, how did that go?
2: Well, my dad grew up in church. Uh, okay. And so when he got married to my mom, uh, of course, you know uh, him being the, the the type of guy that he was, he just stopped going, you know. Okay. And so he just basically tried to focus in on his family and and trying to uh, create that unit that he was used to seeing. Okay. And uh, unfortunately, uh, we just didn't go. I mean, uh, we might have we might have gone Christmas and Easter, you mm-hmm. know, and, and maybe Father's Day. Um, but other than that, man, that was it. I mean, growing up in my house. Uh, my mom had car parties twice a week, so marijuana and liquor was at my expo. You know, at, 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 I can get it, man, uh, right. early, you know, so right. I learned how to smoke. My mom showed me how to roll my first joint. So. Really? Yeah, man, so so things like that. Wait, wait, take. let's go back to that. <laughs> how did that go? <laughs> well, honestly, um, what happened is I brought it home, and, uh, I mean, my mom smoked it. I mean, we had, you know, roach clips and— bongs and just everything, just just part of the furniture. So
0: I mean she just said, Hey, come in to me, show the well, and nah, show you it, there, it
2: it it, honestly it went down just like just like a hustler would do. I, I mean I I brought some, some, some weed home and uh she was like, you know, you don't know how to roll this and I was like, no, nah, I don't you know and she was like, Well, you know, this is what we'll do. You give me half of it. You know, and, and I'll show you how to roll it. Man, my eyes are wide open. <laughs> <laughs> what? Yeah, man. Really? Yeah, yeah.
0: So did did you? I guess was it like a friendship type of environment between you and it, her, it, or it, it wasn't?
2: It okay. was. Um, it was uh, me and my mom. Uh, we just had a. Um, I don't. I, I. can't even describe it. Like we never hugged. You know, we never kissed. Okay. Uh, we never told each other we loved each other. Okay. Uh, but that was that was her her way of life. That's that's what right. she knew. So um, we never did that, and it was constant. You know, bickering. I was a very uh, smart, uh, and when I say smart, I mean disrespectful uh, mm. type of kid growing up because. Uh, I was able to kind of do what I wanted to do. So mm. if if she wanted, you know, do this or do that, you know, I always had some back talk or, you know, I, I would just, you know, you can't tell me what to do or this and that. So I was extremely uh, just out there, man. I was, okay. I, I, was, I was a rough kid growing up. And I wasn't, like I said, bad in the streets or anything like that. I just didn't have any structure. Okay. And by me not having any structure, because uh, I could always run, you know to my uncle or or my grandmother or I left the crib at sixteen mm. you know because uh it was just getting to the point of you know the verbal abuse and her uh being abused i mean she didn't she didn't you know beat me beat me, but you know we would we would i wouldn't go toe to toe with her, but you know she would she would hit me, and I knew even at an early age that that anger was not coming from me it wasn't towards you, you know what I'm saying, so the best way she could she can uh, get it out is to 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 physically and verbally abuse me and and you know that's no. that's how our relationship was.
0: Did you guys ever talk about that in your adult life? You ever?
2: Man, uh, unfortunately, my mom passed away a couple of years ago. I um, hear that man. But she was uh, when she was at the hospital, man. Um, the great thing about it, man, the whole situation. You know, you always try to find something good. Uh, my mom gave her life uh, to 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 the Lord, man. You know, before she passed away, so. so it was honest, but you know, even even when she was sick, man, uh, you know, she would. Have, we had a conversation probably a day or two before she passed, and she was like, you know, was I a good mother, you wow. know? And um, unfortunately, bro, I, I just I, I couldn't tell her the truth, you know. What I mean, I wanted her to, to have peace, you know. Wow. Uh, and I was still believing God for her healing, um, but you know, I was like, you know, yeah, you were good, but man, we you know we had um we had you know good times it was just uh the the, the bad outweighed the good we all try,
1: yeah we all try this is bigger than life but we smoke fries trying to live it up but we all die want us to lay low but we all said the truth first and we all lie i know we did wrong but we all right To the scaffolds, we all try, yeah, we all try. What's going on? I hear the echoes of Marvin Gaye. Please, Lord, turn this avianna Chardonnay. Hide and seek, we looked, and we found hatred. Pride on fleek, from sinners that sound sacred, yeah. Deep within the bowels of the building, sneak into the mouths of the children. Need to have a powwow with the pilgrims, little child running wild with civilians. Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Came up in the shine now I gotta
2: do it. I remember my mom, man, for my birthday. Uh, I got to the point I didn't want toys, I didn't want Atari, I didn't want Coleco vision. Mm. I wanted cassette tapes. Yeah. And uh my mom got me uh it was Cool D. Yeah, you just dated Justin. <laughs> it's and, all right, man. And, man. I mean, you know, ain't no shame. Ain't no man. shame, man. Uh, Big Daddy Kane, you know, and yes. uh, Slick Rick, you know. So she brought those things to me um, because, uh, like I said, man, we had car parties two, three times a week. Okay. So music has always been in me, you know. So, uh, and I appreciate that, you know, because it, it all that – um Helped me get to even where I am now, you know, just for the respect of the uh, musicianship and uh, just good music, man. Music that, that that touches the soul and the spirit. So I was always around that. So I've always tried to incorporate that some type of way uh, in my music. But that's that's when it started, man. You know, back back in the day, while Cass was 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 beatboxing and breakdancing, you know, that's 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 when I got it.
0: You know, it's kind of a sidebar. You mentioned Kumo D. Yeah. Uh, Big Daddy Kane and yeah. all that. A lot of man, that's that culture,
2: yeah.
0: And you know, and a lot of kids that's coming up, they don't have that. Of like a lot not. of these artists that I hear, of course not. Like I hear I hear some guys talk, they, they look back and as far back as they can go as Pac,
1: yeah,
0: Biggie, and yeah. some even sooner than that. And I'm like, man, y'all don't know real hip hop exactly. Don't. And exactly. see, you appreciate the culture of course Yo, know, i should say cats like us that came up in that era we yeah. appreciate the culture of hip-hop yeah. we yeah. know the origins of where it came from right
2: you know the, the the thing the thing i relate that to is that uh i used to i used to just you know find it so funny man when a, when an older cat would tell me oh what y'all listening to that ain't no music right you know what i mean right. and we and i would laugh like man get out of here what you talking about but as you get older, man, you'd be like, you right, you know, because yeah. now I'm saying the same thing to them, yes. you know. And not not like I'm a dad or a father figure, but, you know, the, the, the music that's out now, it has no substance, man. It has no feeling to it. And originally, man, us as, as a people, not even just a culture, but as a people, man, we made music um, that helped people through the times, you know, and things that we're going through. And, and right now, uh, living in Chicago, man, the type of things that we're going through now, man, to not have, a lot of encouraging music or music to help people deal with what's going on, man, is, it's, it's kind of sad, you know, but, you know, that's where, that's where people like myself and, you know, other guys from the city, that's, that's just trying to make some, some good music, man, that people can relate to and encourage people through, through that. You know, so, man, you all, all into my questions. Okay. So let's go okay. there
0: since we talking about it. So you mentioned living in Chicago. Yeah. So how, all the killings that's going on around here yeah, and especially with this, what's going on in the news with Tyshawn Lee. Yeah. You know, the nine year old kid that got killed. Yeah. Stuff like that, man. How does that affect your music and your ministry? Really? Yeah. How does that affect what you do?
2: Um, for me, it affects me a lot. Okay. Uh, Uh, so, so much to the point that, uh, the project that I have now, me, myself in the city, uh, was not in existence. I had, I started on an album. Okay. And, uh, maybe one or two songs in, um, and I've been working on this project for a while, but uh, what what really uh, kicked the whole thing off uh, was uh, Mike Brown. Okay. And uh, right. Mike Brown's situation, uh, even though it was other things that happened, you know, we had uh, Miss Pendleton and uh, uh, Jordan Davis and, and, and other people, you know, that had these things happen to them, but it really didn't affect me as, as much as it did into the Mike Brown situation. Uh, how, why
0: Mike Brown? Well, what man, about it?
2: well, well, I work, I work with young cats, right. you know, and, uh, uh, for me, um, it was just something that, that I could relate to because I work with, I work with teens and I've, I've been, uh, I've worked with, uh, in a mentor, uh, type, uh, situation. And, I see how they get harassed and I see how just because of how they look or the environment that they're in, it's just assumed that they're a certain way. Now I, you know, from, from, from all the facts that came out, you know, maybe he wasn't, you know, a hundred percent, uh, a good guy. Um, uh, but at the end of the day for him to die or something like that, just really struck a, a nerve in me, uh, just for the simple fact that, you know, here's a young brother that, um, had graduated or, or, on his way or college bound, you know, and his mom stated it, you know, throughout everything is just like in our society, uh, young black men don't even think about college, Mm. you know? So for for that to happen did something to me because who knows uh, who that young brother was supposed to teach or who he was supposed to reach back and get you right. know, so it really, uh, it, it really kind of rocked me to the core, man, because uh, we see it every day, but it just really, I mean, you hear about it, man, but, but I mean, it, you know, because the time we live in there, man, every, you can see everything, you know, you can, you can literally watch a murder on YouTube, Right. you know what I mean? So to see the situation, man, and how it was handled, uh, just really, uh, just it just really struck a nerve at me, man. And, uh, it was from that song that I wrote it. I saw the situation. I really marinated on it for about a day and said, yeah, you know, this is, this is what I think I want to do, you know, and I'm not really saying that I'm an activist. Um, but I think that as, as Christians, man, uh, a lot of times our thinking is, uh, within the four walls and we don't, um, step outside of that because at the end of the day, uh, you know and I, I am not trying to get deep but we're supposed to go to the world uh we're not supposed to have the world come to us so in order to do that man we have to step out of uh you know this religious environment that we've created so in order to reach the lost or reach those that even need help i mean i'm not necessarily on a mission to get people saved i'm i'm on a mission to let people know that god love them you know and okay. that they can be encouraged man and i might not Say Jesus throughout my music man, but you know if they can be inspired uh from for for me uh one of the things uh that i that I kind of lean to is that uh when I first gave my life uh, it wasn't it wasn't a uh you know i was listening to uh ghetto boys and then i started listening to uh you know Fred Hammond okay it was a transition period. Right. And I did I I did a lot of foolish things like, you know, I took all my music and threw it away, you know, when I first start uh getting my life together. And uh, you know, it still didn't, it still didn't matter because it was still a process that had to happen. So I would throw all of it away and then go buy it again.
0: Man, you know, <laughs> you know how much money I've lost in CDs after on the way. Uh, yeah. Oh uh, yeah. CDs, tapes. Yeah. See, my dad was a pastor. Okay. Huh? And uh so when we was coming up, they were like, once you saved, you saved.
1: Yeah.
0: All of that, all that worldly stuff was gone, but they right. didn't talk about it. It was a process. Right. And now knowing what I know now, right. okay, yeah, you gave your life to God, but you were still doing what you was doing. Right. You know, you still, you, you still had your struggles. Right. You still struggled with the same temptations and the same vices like everybody else. Yeah. But they would get up and speak as though they're a new man, their life has changed and now they this whole different cat and it don't work like that. It doesn't. Not all the time. For some people, it may work like that. It does, right, right, right. That's right. But like you were saying, it's a process. It
2: is a process. Yeah. And, um, you know, a lot lot of times, you know, as I got more mature, um, you know, I always pose a question like, what's the difference between me being, you know, a Christian and listening to secular music and still living right Mm. rather than someone who only listens to Christian music and is doing whatever out?
0: Yeah, See, man, go ahead. <laughs> uh, you, my wife and I would have this. I I told her I used to hate gospel. Okay. I really I would hate gospel music because, like you said, I would see people listen to it, but I wouldn't see it reflected in their lives. And mm-hmm. I'm like, what's the what's the difference? Right. Because now you demonize me right. for liking uh, blues and jazz and hip
2: hop. Yeah. Go ahead, man. I'm no, sorry. No,
1: no, no. You are good? Now you just
2: messed me up when I <laughs> you took me back. But is but but you know I I think that um you know and and I know we definitely got to get back to the music, but I just think that you know a lot of times uh, when we're introduced uh, to being a Christian, mm-hmm. we're, if, once we're introduced to that lifestyle, um, I just think that that. Because religion has played such a, a a strong role in the black church mm-hmm. that uh, they don't necessarily teach relationship; they teach more religion, you know. And I, and I, and it's not a lot of you know. I don't want to say that all churches are like that because you do have some free people, um, but but there are places where uh, you know they're just uh, just dogmatic about certain things, and and unfortunately. Uh, a lot of people don't have an understanding right. uh, because you know just the way you can push that on people that they need to get that up and they need to live that, that lifestyle or they need to get that up to, to, to be on this side, um, that pushes them back out
1: yeah i love her yeah i love her yeah i love her why the streets still got my brother just trying to keep from going under sit back and wonder adding pieces to the puzzle i swear i need to swear well, at least this is a struggle with all this jesus but we keeps it undercover yeah don't appreciate the sacrifice i'm on my soul to soul trying to bring him back to life a few years ago they said Hip hop for dead, but I ain't never go nowhere. Just change what the doctor said. Try to walk away, even then. I guess the wrong way. Huh? <laughs> yeah. I was raised in Chicago, guess ain't in Chicago. I was trying to get paid like 12 years a slave, but I made it Chicago. Came up in Chicago, never gang bang in Chicago. Never hustled, no cane. Never slay me no blow. It's all part of the game. Trying to put things on a auto. Yeah. Yeah. I celebrate life. celebrate life like it's Cinco de Mayo. Till your, Til your number get called, like playing the lotto. On the block, chop it up, chop it up. like it's Pico, yeah. de Pico de Gallo, where they reek of the hydro. And speak with bravado, Pico, bico, bico. Where nobody needs. Nobody but leaves. everyone follows. Yeah. In, the In the city of dreams, it's, it's a dream. hot pill to swallow. I can white I'm talking that Demi Lovato in the city I'm not alone. I'm rising up like skyscrapers sky's the limit now
0: that I'm home I'm coming home hey thanks for listening that was part one of a two part episode I hope you enjoyed it Um, if you want to reach out to me you can send me an email at blacklight Pod at gmail.com. You can hit me up at blacklight underscore pod on Twitter, blacklight pod on Facebook, or just the blacklight podcast. Or you could check me out on uh, SoundCloud, the blacklight podcast. This is Ken
1: J. Hope you enjoyed what you heard. Blacklight out.